Stop giving people your money. I don't care that it's for the culture. I don't care that it's being packaged in black. I don't care that it's being packaged in Christianity. I don't care that it's being sold to you by a bald Caucasian man. We love buying products and we believe in bald Caucasian men for some reason. From, from Santa Claus to, 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 to Dr. Phil, if you're bald and Caucasian, we're going we're gonna to most likely believe you and rock with it. We need to stop that, y'all. I'm not saying that anything, everything you've learned from Dave Ramsey has been wrong because he says some great stuff. But that doesn't mean you need to give folks your money. What's good, everybody? This is Marcus from Black Mary Death Free, and you are checking out our quick cast. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of the quick cast powered by Black Mary and Death Free. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are glad you are here. We have so much to run through on today. Uh, how's everybody doing? We're in June. We're approaching uh, a very important day for folks that look like me and for Shira and I and for the whole Black Mary Day Free community, right? Because on Juneteenth, which commemorates the day that the last enslaved folks were notified that they were free. Um, that day was also the day where Shira and I paid our last mortgage payment which made us completely debt free in 2017 it was a very powerful day because on the day when our ancestors were uh, officially set free we too were set free from debt right which was very powerful and very, uh, very special. And that has spawned what we've been doing since then for the past six years. Wow. That's a long time of just kind of sharing our story and sharing stories of others that have done the same thing and sharing the freedom that we've had since we paid off our, our debts and how we've been able to invest more and how we've been able to um, start building wealth. And so for those listening, we want to, as a gift, give our masterclass. We recorded a two-hour masterclass on exactly what we did, our mindset, our strategy, all the good things that we did in order to pay off the debt. We packaged it in a two-hour, I think a little less than two-hour course, and we want to give that to you. We want to give it to you. A lot of people out here charging for courses. We, 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 we want to give this to you. Uh, the only thing we ask in return is that you leave us a five-star review on this podcast. Literally, the podcast is now the central thing that we do. We've taken a break from YouTube. We've taken a break from Instagram, Facebook, all those things. But we're here consistently showing up for this podcast because this is our biggest voice this is our biggest platform and so 
we want you to let us know what you think about this podcast. If you enjoy the five star, if you enjoy us and you leave us a five star review, it really helps us um, be spread out amongst more listeners via the algorithm. So if you leave us a five star review telling us you enjoy this podcast, then you'll need to email us at blackmarrieddebtfree at gmail.com and just simply either shoot us a screenshot of your review or just say, hey, I left a review. And we will reply with a link to our get out of debt and start building wealth masterclass because us paying off our debt on Juneteenth, 2017 was the single most important financial move we've ever done. Not starting a a business or going in, becoming a content creator or uh, buying this course or joining this investment group or none of that could compare to what we've been able to do since that day that has been our greatest asset our greatest uh, financial chess move was paying our debt off and that message is the message that we've been preaching on this platform from since day one And so if you want it, we want you to be a part of that. We want you to experience that. We want you to see the freedom that you have from being able to pay off your debt. And so we've packaged it in this course and we want you to get it. So do yourself a favor. Leave us a five-star review. Email us blackmarriedfree at gmail.com. Let us know you left the review and you will get this masterclass. We have a lot to talk about y'all. It's lit. It's lit. Um, the thing that I love about these quick casts is that I kind of nerd out on the information and present it to you in a bite-sized piece, right? I present it to I paraphrase it to you. And so you don't have to do the research that I did. You could kind of, well, you should do your research and like double check, you know what I mean? But um, this kind of gets the information started for you. So one thing we haven't unpacked yet is the debt ceiling. And that recently, uh, recently the government has come to an agreement on uh, extending the debt ceiling. So let's kind of get into it, what the details of that deal actually were, uh, because I think it's very interesting. So the debt ceiling, essentially, you have two separate entities that are on the same, uh, you know, in the same country, but they, they act independently. You have the U.S. government and you have the Federal Reserve. Sounds like they would be the same thing, right? Or run by the same person, but they're not. They're two separate entities. And what happens is anytime the U.S. needs money, the U.S. government needs money, they go to the Federal Reserve and they ask for more money. So during the pandemic, when they were doing all these stimulus all these uh, when they were rolling out all these deals and these bills that had things lumped in it, like, you know, uh, relief and uh, money to fund the IRS and money for this and money for that money for the uh, infrastructure, like all those, those things that, that 
need to be funded. A lot of times it's a we need the money now kind of situation. So they go to the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve essentially prints more money and loans it out to the United States government. Okay. Well, that money needs to be paid back. And what happens is we reach a a point where the Federal Reserve is pretty much like, yo, we need our money. We can't the ceiling is here. We can't we're not gonna loan you any more money until either we cut you, you we cut a deal of some sort or you just pay us back. But we can't you have to start the repayment process. We're not gonna lend you any more money. That's what essentially the debt ceiling is. And for the U.S. government, they were pretty much coming payment work was was due, and they needed to reach an agreement as to what are we going to do next. You had conservatives saying it's too much debt already. We need to really address it. We need to cut back. We need to go on and let us. Some folks wanted to go on and let us hit the ceiling. Because we've been spending too much money anyway and not healing, not hitting the ceiling. Essentially, you're just saying, hey, man, extend my line of credit some more because you're not going to start the repayment process. That's one thing the federal government. Has proven that they they, they, they won't do is like start the repayment process back to the Federal Reserve. They start extending and getting an extension on their credit. And conservatives were saying, we nah, that's that's not helping us. That's just getting us back into more problems. But what happens is, is when you hit that ceiling. U.S. government jobs. Uh, loss happens. There were going to be losses uh, in folks 401ks. It was going to send. The economy into a tailspin there were so many there's so many bad repercussions to you hitting the debt ceiling for the economy that you had to come up with something so the conservatives and you know the non-conservatives had to come up with a new deal for the debt ceiling so you got folks that say we don't need to get into more debt and then you got folks to say we can't have a debt ceiling we can't hit the debt ceiling because that would hamstring the economy. We need to re reconstruct this and, and pretty much extend our line of credit with the federal reserve. So that's what they did. They came to an agreement, but with that agreement, there were many stipulations because like I said, you have folks that are like, we're sick of the debt. Then you have folks that aren't as sick of the debt, right? So you have to find some common ground. So there were many things that were inside this this deal. And we're going to talk about this. Um, we're going to talk about this. This article in the New York Times says two years of spending caps, additional work requirements for food stamps and cuts to the IRS funding are among the components of the deal. Now, let's talk about the IRS funding, because part of the relief bill that Biden passed during COVID was to give the IRS to bolster the IRS, right? Hire more agents 
to really extend the, uh, you know, that time frame where you can be investigated for IRS uh, wrongdoings. They extended that. They wanted to do a deep dive. They was like, we going after folks. You know what I'm saying? We getting because because people were uh, lying with this PPP stuff. They was like, we're gonna extend it. We're gonna do a deep dive. We're gonna go collect this money that we was giving out for no reason, uh, unmerited. We're gonna go find those who were defrauding us, and we were. We, they put and and that cost uh, billions of dollars to do. So they had poured all this money in. Well, part of this debt ceiling deal is a clawback from the IRS funding. They said, we ain't giving y'all all that money. That's too much money. We're going to go back to the way it was. Y'all going to do what y'all was doing. We ain't going to pour more money into y'all. We need that money. Okay. So it says the uh, legislation takes aim at one of the president's biggest priorities, bolstering the IRS to go after uh, tax cheats and insure companies and rich individuals are paying what they owe. Now that's interesting because a lot of times the conservative party aligns more with less tax regulations, right? They like to historically, we want to pay less. And a lot of times the democratic uh, party wants, you know, to tax the rich, you know what I mean? And so this is interesting that, the conservatives said, nah, 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 we're going we gonna to pull back on that. Y'all trying to find folks to get more taxes out of folks. We're going we gonna to pull that back. So uh, it's very, that was very interesting. Another thing that was in this deal was we're going to start student loan repayments. So that's big, right? We've seen three years of no student loan payments, no interest, all this good stuff. And shout out to those who took advantage of that and paid their student loan down or paid their student loans off because that was a great use of this rare opportunity. Right. And now they're, they're, they're not going to be pushing back any more student loan payments. No coming up here real soon. The payments will resume because the student loan debt is the United States of America's biggest asset. Yes, you heard me correctly. If everybody would pay their student loan debts, the U.S. government could really make up some ground and really have some money to pay back the Federal Reserve. But we've been pausing those. Folks haven't been paying those. There's even been talks of student loan relief. Right. You're going to get you're going to relieve ten thousand dollars and twenty thousand dollars worth of money. So in this package, they said none of that. We will have none of that. Payments will resume effective immediately. Now, I don't not sure exactly when the payments will resume, but uh, there is once they start, they're not going to stop again. Uh, let's let's see. Let's see when they're going to resume here. Resume. August 2023. So in August, y'all, it's going to be lit again for the student loan payments. So that was one other thing that was was lumped into this bill. Uh, it says uh, the bill officially puts an end to Mr. Biden's freeze on student loan repayments by the end of August and restricts his ability to reinstate 
said act. So also something that I thought was interesting was the food stamp program will have a, I believe a cap on it. Let me find out here. There will be a cap on the food stamp program. I can't find that. I know I saw that somewhere. I'm going to do some more research on that, but many things were put in this bill because we have to start limiting our spending. We have to start similar to like our personal finance. We have to start devising a plan on how we're going to pay back the federal reserve. I said on the front end that the federal reserve has printed this money and able to loan it. So anytime they do that, they're hurting the U S dollar because they're taking $5 and snapping their fingers and turning it into 10, right? And then loaning that money to the United States government. And they need to be paid back. This isn't a keep it for as long as you want type of situation. Never pay me back type situation. This isn't a gift. And so we're pretty much, and like I said on the front end also, these are two different entities on the same soil. So the the Federal Reserve, why they operate independently, they're still a part of the United States of America. It's still we're stealing from ourselves. That's like a husband and wife who both pay for the household, and the husband is asking the wife to borrow money to pay bills for the household and she gives him fiat currency. She gives him printed money to do that. At some point she's going to need to be paid back. Like we're going to have to figure this out because we're robbing from ourselves essentially. And so that's what we have going on in the United States. And the, the way the United States economy is set up is that we're just, we just circulate the debt. We just pass it from this from this part of the us to the another part and da, da, da. and that's how we've gotten by for so long. But eventually it's gonna go it's gonna be bad. So we have to figure this out. We have to generate money. And unfortunately the the you um United States government, the only they, they, they don't sell a product or service. The only way they generate revenue is from its citizens via taxes, student loan repayments, you know, interest on that. Like that's the only way they make money is from us. And so it's definitely something to keep an eye on. They're going to be limiting a lot of the subsidies, a lot of the things that they give out. And, and, and I don't think that's a, I don't, I don't really want to pass judgment, but personally, I don't know if that's a bad idea. Because we have to start paying this back. We have to start paying this stuff back, man. So we're going to keep on this. This is big, big news for our economy and for the United States government um, and the Federal Reserve. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Hopefully I was able to break that down a little bit for you. Now, this is what I really want to get into, y'all. So if you're in this space, right, like the financial literacy space, the OG one of the godfathers of this space, right? Dave Ramsey. Now you've seen us, you've seen me, I forgot what episode it was, but I had a deep dive on like 
Dave Ramsey, right? And what I think about some of his ideals, right? Um, he is a which he he is a financial guru in every sense of the word. He's built a platform that's almost a billion dollar empire, uh, nationally syndicated radio. If you're flowing through AM radio at in the afternoon, you've probably heard this dude's voice. He talks about his, his main message is paying off debt. Um, he has his, his baby steps that are like kind of steps to getting your finances together. And, you know, at a, in a, in a, in a zoomed out view, I, I like Dave Ramsey's message. We pay off, we paid off our debt, right? Our, our message is, is rooted in, in debt payoff as well. Um, what happens after you pay off the debt? We differ a little bit. Uh, our views differ in many instances, but overall he has a very powerful message. It's rooted in Christianity. It has tentacles in Christianity. So he, he, his program or his course is really pushed to churches and pastors. His message is really good for pastors because he preaches about the tithe and, and offering as a part of the baby steps, right? Giving and the pastors, you know, pastors, they, they come on, come on. We're we going to teach this to our church, you know? So, you know, that, that, that's the good strategy on his part. Um, sidebar, like the church are, are going to, they're going to, if, if they rock with you, they're going to spend money. Look at, look at Tyler Perry, you know, his, his, his comedy and his, his product was, had a church, um, component to it and man this dude's a multi-billionaire so that's a i don't want to say that's a hack or, lord please help me to say the right thing what i'm saying is is if church people like it if you can sell it to christian church folks you're gonna make money this is that i'm just gonna leave it at that but anyway so that's a bit about dave ramsey okay here's the thing he makes money from his financial peace university course, whatever he makes money speaking. He makes money with his national national syndicated radio show, but he also makes money with his affiliate marketing affiliate marketing. That's when you'll hear me or you hear the person you're listening to speak on a product or do like some type of infomercial commercial I do that about Spotify for podcasters, right? And when we do that, it's impl it's implied, but it should be stated that this is an ad, a paid ad, right? We're getting dollars for promoting said product. Now, you have the right as the person reading the ad, you have the right to decline. So... Personally, I only will promote something that I truly think is good or at the moment I believe in, right? I'm not going to promote something that I know is some trash to, to our audience. But people want your audience if you're in the content creation space. Well, this brother has 
millions of folks ears. And so he has a lot of people that I'm sure want to partner with him and do ads and want him to, to back their product. So I always, and I'm going to just tell y'all, if you don't rock with that type of stuff, there's no hard feelings. Fast forward through it. Take it for a grain of salt. That's how I, that's how I listen to content. When I start hearing folks, even people that I respect pushing a product, I listen to it with one ear open and the other closed because I know that they're being paid for said product. Now, Dave Ramsey is in some hot water because he is being sued for a hundred and fifty million dollars about an ad that he promoted. He reportedly this is all alleged until we get the information. He didn't disclose that this was a a pay for play situation that he was being paid to promote this. He sold this. And I've heard this infomercial or commercial on his program. And to me, it always sounded like something he created. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the that's the thing, too, is like they want you to read these ads as if you're the creator of it. Right. As if this is your baby. And when I always heard the commercial about this product or this service, rather, I always thought this is something that his his team created. And I'm talking about the service that helps folks get rid of their timeshare. If you've listened to Dave Ramsey, you've definitely heard this commercial. If you listen to Dave Ramsey at all, you know he hates the timeshares. Timeshares were a shared real estate. Uh, this thing was popular like in the early 2000s where it's like we all you pay monthly or yearly for the ability to travel and and vacation in certain areas and in certain like condos or it's like think of it like a shared Airbnb. That's what a timeshare is. I think, yeah, I think they still do it. But the sucky thing about a time, which sounds dope. So it's like I have a timeshare in Hawaii. So I may share this with 10 folks, right? So for a period of time throughout the year, I can go and occupy said condo in Hawaii because I pay a yearly fee. Well, the problem with that was, was, one, there was no limit on how many people could get, could share this timeshare. So I could resell this over and over and over. And that's what they started doing. So where you, when you wanted to go get, take advantage, like, shoot, I want to go to my timeshare in May. Let me, let me check the schedule. Oh, it's occupied. What? Okay. Let me check in June. Occupied. Okay. Let me check in December. Occupied. And then they started saying, well, this we can let you go somewhere else. And so it started to get messy. And here's another thing about the timeshare, as opposed to buying your own vacation home or doing this or doing that. There was no end with the timeshare. So folks found themselves tethered into this thing and could never get out. It was like not a 30 year loan. It was just until it was just into perpetuity. So there was a lot of flaws with the timeshare model, but it was mad popular in the early 2000s. 
everybody like if you were somebody you had a timeshare like you've heard the words timeshare presentation they would sit you down in a group of bunch of people they would try to sell you on the timeshares right and they oh yeah dude would you like to go to dubai and here we have this timeshare in dubai and they would get this floods of people to like sign up that day and so it was a big scam like now that we look at it now is a big scam. I know people who still do the timeshare thing. And I just like shake my head like, man, you'd have been better off just trying to get a condo by yourself and getting a, as an investment property. Like you'd have been way better off doing that. But anyway, Dave Ramsey hates timeshares and he would always promote this timeshare. This company that would get you out of timeshares. That's what they did. That's what their service and I always thought it was his company. I'm like, okay, he's doing this because he'll promote like his financial peace university. He'll promote his, uh, his, uh, how he has this list of, of agents or advisors. That was his curated list. And, and then he would talk about this timeshare thing. And I was like, okay, that's his thing. Well, comes to find out he was paid $30 million allegedly to promote this timeshare. And all of the folks that bought it because he recommended it, many of those didn't get the services rendered. And we're talking about people being charged anywhere from $4,000 to $72,000 for this service to get themselves, help get them out of their timeshare contract, if you will. Right. So this goes back to my quick cast a couple of weeks ago. People are sick of being defrauded, man. Yeah, we're going to have to use the word fraud. We're going to have to use the word scam. All these words can be used and and are being used in publications across the country about this story. We're not saying that he's a Dave Ramsey's a scammer because this is all alleged, but he is being sued for a hundred and fifty million dollars we got to do better and we got to be careful in this time i told you a couple pods ago start being stingy stop giving people your money i don't care that it's for the culture i don't care that it's being packaged in black I don't care that it's being packaged in Christianity. I don't care that it's being sold to you by a bald Caucasian man. We love buying products and we believe in bald Caucasian men for some reason. Uh-oh. From, from Santa Claus to, 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 to Dr. Phil. If you're bald and Caucasian, we're going we're gonna to most likely believe you and rock with it. We need to stop that, y'all. I'm not saying that anything, everything you've learned from Dave Ramsey has been wrong because he says some great stuff. But that doesn't mean you need to give folks your money. I know a lot of people that say great stuff. That don't mean they're getting my money. We need to become more stingy. I'm not giving you nothing for the look. Or for the culture. Not right now. We're in, in, in the thralls of a recession. Keep 
your money in your pocket for the time being. Okay, just because you see me come on and say something, just because you see your favorite content creator come on and say something, they're most likely getting a check from said product if they're promoting something. That's number one. Number two is stop buying everybody's service. Stop buying everybody's service. I expressed frustration with Shire the other day because so many content creators call what they do their business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I run my business and, you know, you know, this business and this and that. We need a new name for this stuff. These aren't businesses. Your YouTube channel is not a business. Your podcast isn't a business. A business is McDonald's. A business is Target. A business is Walmart. These are places that have been around for decades. Centuries in some cases. These are businesses. Your platform isn't a business. We don't know if this thing's going to be here two years from now. I'm watching friends that were content creators. I'm watching their YouTubes that are dead because the algorithm changes. I'm watching their people with thousands and millions of subscribers, hundreds of thousands, and in some cases, millions of subscribers get less than a thousand views on their YouTube channel. That was once probably their business, right? That they thought was going to be their, their platform, their money-making thing, their, their McDonald's. And here we are three, four, five years later, and they're not even getting views. So I know they're not getting ad revenue from their quote platform. You could take even a Dave Ramsey who's been in the game for, you know, a decade plus. But that doesn't mean that you should give these people your money. Are they Walmart? Are they tested, tried? Are they Amazon? Are they are they Toyota? Are they Honda? Are they a Fortune 500 company? Then why are we giving them our hard-earned dollars the money that you work so desperately for we just give it to people because they have a quote platform or a course or a service we need to get stingy y'all and i'm really i could feel my blood pressure getting up because it's frustrating to see now these folks have to get together get to get a lawyer and do a clash action lawsuit because a service is not rendered based on the words of essentially a content creator he may be one of the best he may be one of the biggest but dave ramsey is just a content creator at the end of the day stop giving your money to people on the internet at least for the foreseeable future. You heard it from me first. And I may get canceled for this by people that do what I do, but I'm just keeping it all the way 100 with y'all. Keep your money in your pocket.
Y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Quick Cast powered by Black Mary Death Free. We're going to keep giving you giving it to y'all real. We don't have nothing to sell, y'all. Aside from the the ads at the front end of this podcast, which here's a hack. Hit the 30 second forward button if you don't like those ads. Aside from that, we don't make money from this. We make money from working a job. And that's how we like it. So you could either listen to someone who has nothing to gain. Or you can listen to the content creators and people with, quote, platforms that have everything to gain because they have put their entire They've put everything into that. Okay. That's how they eat. That's how they make money. That's how they make a living. You're going to listen to that person when they're trying to sell you their service. Or you're going to listen to somebody like us that's telling you right now, you don't need to buy anything. You need to save your money. You need to pay down your debt. You need to limit your spending. You need to go back to the basics of financial literacy. You need to continue to work your job. What happened to all those people telling you to go to become an entrepreneur? Where are those people at right now? It's kind of hard to be an entrepreneur when folks ain't got no money, isn't it? I'm not hearing nobody screaming, go become an entrepreneur right now. Where six months ago, that's all I heard. People quitting their jobs. To become an entrepreneur. I know an individual. That got into sales. And the first thing they tell you in sales is what? Yo man. Go find family and friends. Go find family and friends. Your closest love. Your loved ones. That's your first clients. Well what happens after you've sold to all of them? Then what? Then what? And every person that ever wanted me to get into some sales uh, Primerica or what some sales funnel, they never had an answer for what happens after all my family members tell me no. Then who's my clients? People without money. And that's the problem we have now. What happens when you're an entrepreneur and all your clientele are in the thralls of a recession and don't have no money to give you, then what? Y'all, we got to get back to basics, man. We got to get back to the basics. And the first thing is stop giving people your money, period. Period. Y'all, I hope you like, like I said, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did leave us a five-star review, I'm out before I say something I might regret. Peace.